Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drum Up Scottish Cycling Podcast. My name's Owen Philipson and the Drum Up is all about uncovering untold stories from the world of Scottish cycling, past, present and future. In this show, I am proud to bring you an interview with Katie Archibald, who should need no introduction. She's a multiple European champion on the track, uh, also a gold medalist in the team pursuit at the Rio Olympics, and recently was crowned world champion in the Omnium in Hong Kong. I uh, caught up with Katie at a talk she was giving at Ladywell Primary School in Motherwell. Um, There are also two other primary schools uh, in attendance, St Bernadette's and another one whose name I can't remember. And she was there to encourage them to get out on their bikes, to take part in sport, uh, either down at the velodrome or at the Motherwell Tour Series, which is coming up on Tuesday 23rd of May. And I'll actually be at the uh, Tour Series all day uh, in a work capacity for my employers, who are the Robertson Group, a construction company that have contracts in North Lanarkshire, who are hosting the race, North Lanarkshire Council, I should say. And um, so I hope to catch up with some of you on the day. I will be around um, from the, the beginning till the very end. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to, to catch up. Uh, but at this uh, launch event um, for the Motherwell Tour Series, Katie um, was there presenting to, uh, to children from the local schools. And she told a few stories to them that I hadn't heard before. Um, and also I didn't get a chance to follow up with when I um, did interview her, which I'll bring you in a moment. Uh, but I'll share these other points with you now and also my, my thoughts on her as a person and an athlete and her story. So... Uh, Katie started cycling at the Shots Highland Games, aged 16, so she was quite a late starter um, to cycling and she um, told the story about how she got a head start in one of the grass track races there and won it and that taste for winning uh, straight off the bat was what really fired her up. Um, But uh, ironically she then didn't win another race for a couple of years um, and uh, this was one of her points of inspiration if you like um, to the kids was um, perseverance and the fact that you don't win every time when you when you write when you race a bike that's that's pretty normal all of us who who race bikes or who follow bike racing know that it's uh, it's only a very small percentage of the riders who win uh, but she was trying to make this point to to motivate kids to, to keep trying if they re- really do want to excel um, or to make sure that they enjoy what they do um, and if you enjoy it uh, as you go along you'll be motivated to uh, to keep keep working at it and interestingly one of the other people in attendance at, at the event was amazed by this uh, stat that she'd ridden something like 80 races in a year and um, you know wouldn't you know, would would win only only a very few, but uh, you know, to the to the likes of me and the listeners, that uh, you know that is not uncommon uh, in cycling. But it's just interesting to hear it f- from a, an outside perspective. But then, aged eighteen in twenty twelve, uh, Katie won the Scottish Junior Pursuit Championships and was approached by Scottish Cycling uh, to see if she wanted to aim for the Glasgow twenty fourteen Commonwealth Games. I think. That highlights a point that Jenny Hall made last year at the Crit on the Campus when I was asking her how to get noticed um, by you know, governing bodies if you're aiming for the, the national teams and so on is to, you know, to aim for the, the big races, uh, you know, national championships, regional championships or national series events if you're wanting to get noticed. Um, 
so she she did build up to the Glasgow 2014 Games and her bronze medal in the points race was handed round. Um, uh, it's quite a light medal, it's uh, interesting uh, compared to some the UCI um, World Championship medal or her gold uh, Olympics medals. Uh, doesn't feel quite so heavy in the hand it's a cool design and I'll put a photo of that in the, the blog post to accompany this um, at bit.ly slash pod 17 um, and she said that uh, she was asked a question by one of the kids that what her favourite race um, that she'd ever competed in was and she, she cited the Glasgow 2014 points race uh, because it was the hardest fought uh, medal she had uh, she had won and her lunge for the line on the final lap gave her five points which just got her into the bronze medal position um, uh, interestingly her her roommate and sometime uh, teammate in team gb uh, won gold in that race uh, turning a friendship into a temporary rivalry um, there are some brief highlights of that available online which i found unfortunately not not much of the race just the just the final clips but i'll, I'll put that in the blog post as well um, so <coughs> Rio 2016 was the next target and on the path to this was uh, one of the most interesting uh, stories I guess about Katie so far which was um, where she uh, a motorbike crash in uh, I think December 2015 you know almost cost her a place um, at the games it certainly certainly put her out of the team pursuit squad for a few months um, and that led her to talk about really appreciation for the sport and gratitude for for what she does have coach Shane Sutton described it at the time as uh, crazy and a really bad choice on her part. Uh, he is of course now under the spotlight for alleged bullying uh, and sexism in the Team GB squad. And you can, I'm sure you can imagine the type of character he is, he wouldn't have had much time or sympathy for this sort of accident, uh, to put it mildly. And uh, I must confess that at the time I was taken in by the picture the press painted of Katie as a maverick, sort of non-conformist, with her coloured hair, tattoos and piercings, and without wanting to put myself on the side of, of Shane Sutton, I did think to myself, you know, this is uh, probably not the sort of thing you, you should have been doing. Um, however, the, the, the persona of this sort of wacky, wild character is uh, bullshit, to be honest, quite frank. Um, you know, I know lots of people with piercings and tattoos and they're perfectly normal characters all with different personalities some introverted and some outward going and after hearing Katie talk about it um, I changed my mind entirely about that whole incident um, when she told uh, the school children about it uh, I mean in general she came across as a very humble and honest person and I certainly detected a tinge of emotion when she retold the story of the motorbike crash um, particularly when she said she called up her coach saying she'd done a stupid thing and um, citing the potential to miss the Olympics, you know, a potential disaster um, being what it took to realise what it, uh, the, the sport and the, the, the competition meant to her. And um, I think this is a common thing for us all. We can get complacent um, and it is acts as a good that... The, I like the way she used that incident as something to inspire other people and to act as an, a reminder to appreciate what you have. Um, I'll add my two cents to that, you know, whether it's op the opportunity to compete at the highest level or simply the ability to ride your bike uh, at the weekend at all. You know, not everyone uh, has that. 
so yeah, the crash and the subsequent injury uh, crash was a pretty bad one. She ruptured a cruciate limit ligament and fractured an elbow, um, but she still did come back to fitness to make the team for Rio in late summer um, 2016, and uh, where she won gold in the women's team pursuit in a world record time. Then in 2017, she became the first Scottish woman to win a gold medal in the World Championships at Hong Kong in the Omnium. And I was surprised to find myself feeling a bit emotional when I heard her say that, particularly the first Scottish woman um, world champion. Uh, And I think this is probably because I've got two young daughters myself now, uh, but I'm more acutely aware of the need to level the playing field and create equal opportunities for women in sport and in life in generally. Uh, to be honest, so um, you know that's enough of my my thoughts. Um, you know, I was grateful to get the chance to record an interview with Katie, and I'll look forward to, to seeing her in action in the the women's the Matrix Fitness uh, series uh, women's race in Motherwell on Tuesday, twenty third of May. So thank you, Katie, for coming on the, the podcast. Um, first thing first, congratulations on um, winning the World Omnium Championships at the weekend. Um, just from my point of view as a spectacle, that was super exciting to watch, just to see you pull that out of the bag um, at the end. Um, how did that, how, how would you describe how the event went? Painfully, I suppose, yeah, painfully. <laughs> um, yeah, no, loved it. Especially, I guess, when it comes out on top, you kind of make out like I had it under control the whole time and that was all because um, sort of at an eight point margin by the end of it but it was very very close in the middle of that point race so I thought it was game over that was definitely home time um, but yeah I guess it just makes it feel sort of more hard fought for and something to feel proud about I suppose definitely. as cheesy as that is <laughs> yeah. well absolutely not I think something that the supporters would have been screaming at the telly over as well so um yeah, there's a, oh, a lot for that. of stress. Yeah. Oh no, it makes it more, <laughs> makes it more enjoyable. So I was wondering um, whether one of the questions I was going to ask was whether like a solo win at uh, that level, world champions level, would was something extra special or maybe a step forward for you mm. um, in terms of your athlete career. Um, yeah, it does certainly feel um, like you say something very special about it. Um, in terms of the the immediate feelings, I kind of. Well, I'm used to having my, my team around me and that celebration that goes with it. And there's something that feels very nice about putting work in together and getting a result together. Um, but when you look at it on paper, something yeah, it feels quite cool to have individual world champion and to be stood there with a rainbow jersey. Um, but from my day to day, what I love about cycling, it's it's being in that team environment, really. Yeah, you've won individual titles at the European Champs before, but mm. um, from, from what you were saying today, and we'll come on to that in a minute, that the, the team uh, environment is just much more your favourite discipline, if you like. So, Yeah, well, it kind of selfishly benefits me as well, so being pushed by other people and chasing other people um, is always how you're going to get the best out of yourself. And yep. so, like, we're not always necessarily straightforward teammates that want each other to do well we're rivals as well we're competitors um and i'm just trying to yeah capitalize on that i suppose and because britain is excelling so well at track cycling it's uh this self-fulfilling cycle where you get the best in the world and they push others in the nation to 
challenge to also be the best and we kind of we make each other better and it's almost a cheat in itself isn't it like once once you're ahead it's so much easier to to keep excelling yeah um and i think we're really yeah self-fulfilling spiral upwards yeah 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 yeah. um so just thought might move on to why we're here today we're at ladywell primary in motherwell um for the launch of the tour series and i'm just wondering um how that how that comes about um in a way um so and why i'm here today yeah specifically yeah you know obviously you're the one of the most recognizable scottish athletes um that will be in the tour series um um i guess uh uh the, well, the way that they contacted me was through my road team WNT and because the tour series was coming so close to the school they wanted to try and encourage the kids to, to get out and ride the <clears throat> the family race that's beforehand um, and so uh, they they say to me to come along and I thought I was judging a poster competition if I'm honest <laughs> and then yesterday afternoon I got sent the briefing through and they said, so yeah, we'll come and we'll introduce you and then you'll give your half an hour presentation. <laughs> I was like, my what? <laughs> Yikes. I know. Um, Better learn how to use PowerPoint. I know, yeah. So I had well, I had a few dodgy photos up, but otherwise, I don't know how I rambled for that long. Um, I think a lot of other... Well, I, I know that I should. I can see that I'm at a point in my career now where I'm doing this often enough that I should have a set piece about how I got into cycling and that kind of thing but it's a lot easier when the kids start asking questions and you can yep. like you can see that they're engaged and that they're interested about um like how does your bike work and what sort of training do you do and that kind of thing and that's that's a lot easier enjoy that so just to follow on from that you said you're doing quite a bit of this sort of thing so i'm wondering um at what point does that become part of your job in a way like yeah, is it once um, you've won uh, is, is it after the olympics or is it um you know after you start winning medals uh, for Scotland, you know, a few years before, or at what point is that, you know, working with the community, inspiring kids, people to get on bikes, become an important element? Well, as soon as, um, well, actually, when I got my first junior national win, um, I went, that was the first ever school visit I did when I was only just out of school myself. I felt very embarrassed with that, because <laughs> um, uh, it was, yeah, it was just somebody at Scottish Cycling has said it'd be a nice thing to do to go, yeah, go along to, yeah. it was one of their bikeability sessions, I think. Um, so pretty much from the off, as, as long as there's somebody that seems like they could, they could be inspired, I suppose. But in terms of it becoming my job, um, I think that comes with the lottery funding. So UK Sport um, funds of the British Olympic hopefuls in various different sports and <clears throat> our obligation with that funding our responsibility is um, obviously to promote sport and healthy activities and kind of healthy lifestyle around the whole of the UK so um, part of that is uh, like a minimum of 10 times a year uh, I'm meant to be in events like today I suppose so I'll log it into the portal and say uh, there were 100 people there and now they're all really fit (laughs) um, sorry not not quite but um, yeah so it's not always just the uh, pr- like race promotion that goes around it. it is a sort of everyday thing just about being involved in cycling or being involved in sport in general. Yeah. So that, that's interesting that you said straight after your first junior win you were then going oh, yeah. into schools and you know maybe that was embarrassing for someone who's say 18 but um, the way I see it is I think that school kids are much more likely to um, they identify much more with someone like you who's a young athlete than they would as a you know an old crusty coach telling, <laughs> telling them what to do. Yeah, it's just by the simple fact that you're 
closer in age and it seems more achievable in a way. Um, so, and I also know, know a couple of people on the BC Junior Academy from the Stirling uh, area. And oh, cool. So that would probably... Uh, be yeah, be before them soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I mean, you joined, um, you weren't in the Junior Academy or were you? No, that, no, no. Um, my kind of uh, equivalent developmental system was Alistair Watson, really. Uh, I I was riding with the Edinburgh Racers at the time, so I'm from I'm from Mogaya, but it was before the Glasgow Velodrome had opened, so it was all the cyclists in the West went through to Edinburgh to ride Meadowbank, yeah. um, and that's how I met them and went through what was a yeah very different learning curve, <laughs> if I'm honest. A steep one. <laughs> a yeah. steep one, yeah, yeah, about 45 degrees. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But that team has. Um uh, oh, I love this line. Really, yeah, really, uh, well, it's the successful. sister squad to City of Edinburgh Racing Club, and um, Brian Annabel, the guy that he was kind of the, I think he was the the club secretary, the club head of head of club, and he used to put on this sort of fancy voice and say, anyone who's ever been any good has at some point been at the city, <laughs> been in riding for the city. So Eileen Rowe, Chris Hoy, Craig McLean, Callum Skinner, John Paul, myself. Um, Jenny Davis, Olympic, uh, sorry, Commonwealth medalist, uh, Charlene Joyner. It's it's this mad list because we only had one velodrome. So you want to be good, you're going to turn up to this velodrome. And yep. if you're really good, we're going to make you join our club, you yeah. know? <laughs> and Super team. Yeah, yeah, it turned that way. And I'm actually, like, it it's, feels nice and nostalgic, but it's so much better now that there's a kind of um, grassroots systems sort of through central Scotland and then hopefully um, with Caird Park and Dundee as well that you can get kids from all over that will still get a chance to kind of rise to the top yeah it's good I think you need different routes as well like mm. you've got the national system but if there are these other um, clubs that are just super enthusiastic and have a good development pathway you know that could be a different way for somebody who maybe isn't near Glasgow or doesn't just yeah. doesn't fit in to and that for whatever reason. And so often it, it kind of it feels like it relies on individuals. Like the, the amount of scary sliding doors moments that I have of what if I hadn't met Alistair and what if I hadn't been coached by Callum his, his son and um, it I think the way that the the circle of life goes is that eventually it'll be my turn to to be the sliding door for somebody else. Yeah. Of um, give them the chance to see how good they could be kind of thing and I think that's what's so good about the cycling world and probably also just the general sporting world is there's this constant um, tug and pull of people receiving and people giving back to yep. this community which gives you a warm fuzzy feeling doesn't it? Oh that's good, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely is good um, and you know we still see you on the uh, track league and still being involved in you know the Scottish you know, amateur scene, I guess you could call it. No, you're a professional. So, so that's good. So let's, um, now that, is that the end of the track season with the, with the world? Yeah. So now that that's over, do you take time off? I mean, we've got the, you're doing a crit next month. So you just go into oh, road I'm, or I'm how racing next weekend. Yeah. Next no, weekend. um, I kind of, I thought, I thought maybe be having a break, but it's looking like break will come in August, I think. Um, well, we went out for some fairly uh, exuberant celebration, celebrations even in Hong Kong. So Probably fair enough. Yeah, I needed a day or two to recover from that more than the racing. Um, but no, I'm racing in uh, Luxembourg next weekend, then I'm uh, doing a couple rounds of tour series, then I'm off to Spain to do a stage race and also a one day, then I come straight back to Motherwell. Got yeah, a fairly hectic racing season, um, especially leading into the, um, 
the Tour of Britain, Women's Tour. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the biggest target that I've got on the road this season. Um, and I'm pretty terrified, but got to give it a go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's let's just mention the team WNT, which are UCI women's yep, team. UCI, that, yeah, right? women's team. So that means you're in. You get act, well. Yeah, to you get invited the to the best races, basically. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, um, one of only two British UCI teams. Um, it's ourselves and a team called Drops. Uh, so it's kind of, I guess, yeah, it's on us to do to Britain proud, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's lots of obviously other British riders in uh, UCI teams around around the rest of Europe. There's other Brits and Scots in mm -hmm. WNT as well. So and you mentioned Eileen Rowe in the um, you're talking about Edinburgh Racers, and she's she rides for WNT. Is that right? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, Eileen Rowe, we've got a couple Irish riders. Lydia yep. Boylan, she's another. Another person that rides a track as well, so she was ninth at the Omnium Champs just past World Champs, um, and a young rider called Josie Knight, another Irish one. Uh, our um, sort of top climbers and Gabby Shaw, I'd say, and uh, well, I, I'm just going to end up forgetting somebody if I try and read out the whole roster sure, right now. But, <laughs> but, um, a few but, yeah, names no. to watch out for, though. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, no, I feel really confident about the team actually, um, especially the uh, longevity that. The sponsors, sponsors have backed us with, so it's not just a one-year project. They've said this is where we want to be three years from now. Um, so, from a rider's perspective, it means that the the whole squad is quite committed to this team, and people aren't scouting about like, oh, where could I get a different contract here? Or whatever. It's all about trying to, yeah, develop our squad, and they they feel I think secure in their position, which makes the whole team operate so much better because it's not individual scrapping for yeah. um, scrapping for results it's WNT looking to get a result as WNT we've got some security job security job almost security, you could yeah, call it but yeah. um, that's great to hear because Kerry McPhee who I've had on the podcast talking about sponsorship and I know it's the sort of thing you see in Eileen's career where really every other year she's looking for a new team looking for new sponsors yeah. and new ways to keep cycling at a professional level so it's good to know that. Yeah, I think yeah. I've definitely um, I'm almost overly privileged in that sense with the lottery funding. So, with the Olympic programs, um, this is the first year that I've been paid by a road team. So I was in a UCI professional team last year, and uh, put in my ambition. Who actually they folded this year? They've gone back to being just a um, a national team. Um, but because of the lottery funding, it meant that I could uh, basically use that. Like that's that's my salary as it were, and the road teams could essentially get a bargain, I suppose. Because <laughs> yeah. I just like you'd want to be, you'd want to have a team. So um, there's so many professional female riders that aren't being that aren't being paid at all. Yeah. And, and um, I guess it's 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 tricky because obviously they they want to ride and they want to race. So um, it's a, a privilege to be on a team. Um, it's I guess only kind of a scary stark contrast when. The men's scene is obviously there and so lucrative um, that it, yeah, it just it feels a bit yeah, sticky sometimes. There's a bit of a ways to go, I think, until yeah, until yeah. we get equality. Um, so we'll see you at Motherwell on the 23rd of May, and then when's the Tour of Britain? I should know this off the top of my head, but yeah, um, I should know. Should I? Uh, after oh, that, some yes, point after, after that. that. Yeah, Google it. Do the do the. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll I'll put a, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But um, yeah, we'll, so interested to know that's a big target for you so we'll look out for you um for you at that good luck yeah let's hope i don't change my mind after stage one and say oh i never wanted to do well anyway yeah. <laughs> don't like stage races anymore <laughs> i'm gonna go no. back indoors yeah
Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. Easy. So there you go. Thank you very much for listening. And there will be links uh, to articles, some photos and some video that I can find in the blog post that accompanies this episode. You can go to the Drum Up, uh, my blog, or uh, bit.ly forward slash drumuppod17. If you like this episode, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts app on an iPhone uh, or on SoundCloud to make sure you get the next episode. And if you give me a review, I will give you a shout out on the next show. Uh, So shout out to James Cran, who uh, all the way back uh, last year gave me a a review on iTunes. So appreciate his feedback, uh, having just, he says, binge listened to all the podcasts. Um, enjoying the interviews and varied content and he organised his first event the Glen Kinshi team time trial and uh, so appreciated the shows about event organisation uh, so well done to him for running an event and uh, he's looking forward to incorporating some of the points in future events so so again good luck Jimmy uh, for um, uh, from the ERC for, for that feedback uh, So you can also subscribe to an email list, uh, send out occasional highlights, including my latest pieces of writing um, on the blog, podcast episodes and interesting links from around the world of cycling in Scotland. That's at bit.ly forward slash drum up email. And you can give me feedback on Twitter at ONP or Instagram where I'm Owen Philipson 1L. Thanks very much and see you for the next one.